0: Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, welcome to episode 130 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to every single one of you that has listened to this podcast, 130 episodes. When I said that number out loud today recording this, it just hit me that that's a lot of episodes. It may not seem like a lot in the big scheme of things with some of these podcasts that have way more than that. But for me, that means it's 130 weeks of nonstop recording episodes just for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you that have downloaded, subscribed, listened, left reviews, or sent me messages. It means so much for you to support this such fun podcast that we get to do together. So thank you so much for being here and for tuning in each and every week. All right, so let's get into today's episode. This week's episode is a quick tip, and we're talking all about why would someone choose to follow you on social media? Now, some of these things can also apply to what would make them want to click the buy button or want to work with you. But in this episode, we're specifically talking about social media. So I've got three reasons that would make somebody want to click that follow button. But before I get to those three reasons, I want to give you a little bonus tip. One big mistake I see a lot of people making on social media that I want to help us to move away from. So your first tip is to stop making social media about you. Now, I already hear some of you going, but Kendra, you told us we need to put ourselves into our social media. We need to be present. We need to be visible. We need to put our face out there. And yes, you need to be the face of your brand. However, your content needs to be about your audience. It needs to be about the transformation they're going to have. It needs to be about their experience. Or it needs to be about the problem that they're going to be able to solve when they work with you or purchase something from you. So by doing that, you're taking it out of, look at what I'm doing. Look at what I can offer you. Look at the product or service I've created. And you're turning it into, here is something that can help you. Let me give you a perfect example of a social media post that we can kind of tweak a little bit to fit this exact example. Let's take, for example, a post I recently shared about my Instagram Reels training program. I could have said, here is this great product I've created. Look at the success I've had with Reels. Let me show you how to do the same things that I've done. However, that's probably not going to get me a lot of engagement or people interested in what I'm doing because I've made it all about myself. It was about look at the success that I've had. Look at this thing that I've created. Now, if I take that same piece of content and I flip it around and I present it in a way that says, hey, have you been struggling with the idea of creating reels? Does it seem like it's a little overwhelming? Does it make you feel like you're a dinosaur because it's you're you feel older and technology and you don't understand why or how or the ins and outs of what makes reels work? I have a resource that's perfect for you. Then I can go into the details of the resource. But do you see how I flipped it? Instead of me saying, look what I've done and how I can help you, I have presented them with this problem. I've said, do you feel this way? Can you resonate with this? Does this sound like something you've thought or said or felt? If so, let me lead you in the direction of this really great resource, this product, this service, this lead magnet. So instead of me presenting it as, hey, I'm the one who has all this together and I can, you know, show you the way, now I'm saying, let me guide you so that you can have success, so that you can feel better about something, so that you can be more confident in this task or this project or whatever the topic is. So when you're creating content, I want you to keep that in mind that your content needs to be a resource and a guide and a value add to their lives and less about what you are doing for them, but more about your, how your product and your service are going to help them with something, how it's going to give them a transformation because what it all comes down to the bottom line of everything we're going to talk about today is when somebody comes across your social media feed, we'll just go with Instagram. For example, if they come to your Instagram feed and it feels like everything is look at me, they're going to really quickly click away because they don't see themselves. They don't feel like they connect with you in any kind of way. So tip number one is to make it all about them and less about you. So you're still sharing you in your content, but you're doing it in a way that makes them the star and you're the supporting cast. Okay, now let's get into kind of the meat of this here of, Why would someone want to follow you? So let's say that you have created a really great reel, and now all of these people are coming to your feed, and they want to decide, do I click the follow button, or is this just one of the pieces of content I'm going to give it a like and move on? The first tip is to make it crystal clear right off the bat who you are and who you serve, because this is one of the struggles I see a lot of people having on social media, especially with Instagram because we have that cute little Instagram bio. And I see a lot of people going in and saying like, I'm a wife and a mom and a photographer, or I love coffee and cupcakes. And that's all cutesy and fun. But when you have a very limited amount of space to grab somebody's attention, you want to use it to the fullest of its potential. So you want to make sure that your bio is grabbing people's attention and it's making them go, this is somebody that I want to follow. Let me give you an example. Let's say that your name is Sarah Smith and you are a yoga teacher. You teach classes in person at a yoga studio and then you also teach online classes virtually for people that can't make it into the studio all over the place. And your Instagram name is SarahSmith123. It's not very clear what you do or who you are, but that's fine. So someone goes to your bio and the first line, the bolded line, which is the SEO line, those are the keywords that are searchable in your bio. It just says Sarah Smith. Again, you're not telling me what you do. You're just telling me who you are. Then below it, where you have your bio lines, you say something along the lines of, I help busy moms find peace, and relaxation throughout their day. You're not really telling me what you do. Or maybe the second line says something about, you know, completed my yoga teacher training in 2018 and dog lover and I love coffee and wine at night. Like these are all things that are fun to know about you, but they don't need to go into your bio. So let's take the same example and let's look at how it could be done really well. So Sarah Smith, a yoga instructor. So now she changes her name to the Instagram name to the name of her studio or the name of the classes that she teaches. So maybe it is yoga with Sarah. And then in that SEO line, instead of just saying Sarah Smith, she says Sarah dash Online yoga classes or virtual yoga classes or yoga studio, whatever it is, is—that just telling people what you do because nine times out of 10, when someone goes to search for something on Instagram, if they type in yoga studio, if yoga is nowhere in your SEO title or the name of your account, you're not going to show up. So you want to make sure that bio line, that first bolded line, that SEO line Tells people exactly who you are and what you do. Are you a family photographer? Put that in the bolded line. Are you a yoga teacher? Put that in the bolded line. Are you a artist who does wedding sketches? Put that in the bio line. Whatever the name it is that you do needs to go in that bolded line. Okay, that's the SEO title. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Then you need to use your that coveted bio space to really tell people who are you helping, And how do you help them? If you go look at my Girl Means Business Instagram bio, the first line, it has my name and business coach. That's the SEO title. So if someone types in business coach, hopefully I pop up pretty close to the top. The very next line gives my statement of who I help and how I help them. So it says, helping busy moms balance biz life and mom life to be more productive and less overwhelmed. And then I share that I'm a host of a podcast and I talk about my free IG Reels training, which they can get down in the link in the bio. So using that bio space to talk less about how much you love puppies and coffee and more about what is it that you do to help people? What is your sort of elevator pitch? What's your tagline? What is it that you do? Then you can share all about your love of puppies and coffee in your stories, But that bio piece needs to be like the movie trailer that sucks people in and makes them go, I want to watch that movie. If the movie trailer was showing all about how much the character loved puppies, but the movie had nothing to do about puppies, it'd be really darn confusing. So that bio needs to be crystal clear so that when someone comes to your profile, they can go, here's what she does. Here's how she can help me. Do I want to follow her or not? Because they're not going to follow you just because you love puppies and drink coffee. I promise you. Just because you're a mom who loves Jesus doesn't mean they're going to follow you. You have to tell them how are you going to help them before they're going to hit that follow button. Which leads me to number two, which is that you need to set yourself apart as an expert in your field. So using the yoga example, if I come to your page and you have a great bio, I know exactly who you are and what you do. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go down to your content. What kind of content are you sharing? Are you just sharing inspirational quotes and information about your class times and how much your classes cost? Because that's probably not going to get me to follow you. That feels like you are just all about the sale. You're all about like, come to my class, spend this money. Um, and I'm going to kind of throw in a few quotes to make you feel good about yourself. But if I scroll down through your feed and you are giving me tons of value, maybe you're giving me tips on different yoga poses I can do to relieve lower back pain, or what are three things I should be doing before bed to get a better night's sleep that are, you know, yoga moves or stretches that in other posts you're sharing tips on how to clean your yoga mat. Or what are the best, you know, yoga pants to use for your, for workouts? Or, um, you know, what are some extra props you might need during your yoga session? What are some things you can do on your own in between classes if you start to feel tension in your shoulders or you start to feel stress coming on? So now your feed has gone from, hey, come sign up for a class with me to I am going to give you so much information and value that you are going to have no choice but to follow me because You want to see what else I have to share. If in just this few seconds of scrolling through your feed, I've already learned a couple of moves to help me get better night's sleep. I've learned how to relieve lower back tension, and I've learned how to clean my yoga mat so that I'm being sanitary and safe. Yeah, I'm going to follow you. So that little shift in your content, that little bitty transition from here's what I do and here's how I do it. To let me be an expert for you. Let me give you value. I've said this so many times in episodes. I even have an episode way back in the very beginning. It's like episode four or five. My number one marketing tip of all time is to give value. Give as much free value as you can without giving away what's behind your paywall. And the value you're giving needs to be related to your niche But it doesn't have to be direct to your niche. So if you're that yoga instructor and you know that your audience are people who really want to take care of their bodies and be healthy, then maybe you can throw in a couple tips about mindset or healthy eating or how to get your kids or your spouse involved in your workouts or eating healthy plan. These are all things that are going to give value that all fit into your niche. So it doesn't have to be directly related to what you do on a day-to-day basis, but it's going to lead back to that. It's going to fit within the bigger umbrella. Now, I know I gear a lot of my topics in here towards photography because it's my background. It's what I know. But I also know there are several photographers that listen to this podcast. So I want to give a very specific example here, too, because I see this a lot in the photography industry you go to post on social media and you're posting these beautiful photos that you've taken of families or babies or weddings. And the go-to thought is, what a wonderful session. Isn't the Jones family the cutest? We had so much fun at the session. That is not giving value. Nobody is going to want to follow you because you just have pretty photos. You have to give value. If you're a wedding photographer, you have the perfect platform to share wedding tips. It can be about wedding photography. It could be about planning your wedding day in general, about locations and flowers and venues. You have a plethora of things to pull from. If you're a family photographer, talk about local things in your community for you and your children to do, or ways to get your kids to smile naturally in front of a camera, how to take better photos with your iPhone because you can't have a photographer following you around 24 seven. So in between those twice a year family photo shoots, here's how you can capture great photos. How do you store your photos? What do you do with the ones you get, you know, taken by a photographer? Do you print them? What are some tips for printing them? These are all things you can talk about that are going to set you apart as not just a great photographer, not just a great yoga instructor. You are now the go-to person that your audience wants to hear from. So your content needs to give value. I cannot say that or stress that enough. Your content needs to give value. All right, number three. So they have a clear understanding of who you are and what you do. You've set yourself apart as an expert. Now, number three, they need to connect with you as a person. I know this seems like it might contradict what I said in the beginning about, you know, kind of, taking yourself out of it in the bio, there are certain places where you can share who you are as a person behind the brand in your Instagram stories and a little bit on your feed. So this comes down to sharing your face, sharing your voice, putting out content that lets your followers and potential followers know who are they following. Not just who is the cute little profile photo in the circle, but who are you really? I say this a lot when I get pitched by podcast people, they'll send me this one sheet and they'll say, okay, here's the person we think that would be a great fit for your show. Here's their bio, here's their links, here's a couple podcast episodes you can listen to, and here's a great headshot. And I look at the photos and I see their smiling posed faces and I read their bio, which all sounds great. But until I actually see them in front of me on camera on a Zoom call or I hear their voice, I don't really feel connected to who they are in real life. And with the way things are going on social media, people want to feel connected to more than just the highlight reel on your feed. So you need to be sharing a little bit about you. The great place to do this is in your stories. If someone comes to your feed and they see your bio and it all sounds great and they look at your feed content, and it's all really value-driven... They can click on your little circle and they can see your most recent stories. And if your most recent stories are things that they resonate with, things they connect with you on or things that they can engage in, they're more likely to hit that follow button because they're like, not only is this person solving a problem I have, they're giving me tons of value, but I really like her because they've seen your face, they've heard your voice, they know a little bit of your background. This could be through your highlights of your stories down below your bio, or it could be your active story feeds. But letting people in to know you makes a difference. Think about this podcast. If all you got every single week from me was my headshot and a written little text about what the topic was this week or a transcript of this podcast, but you never heard my voice, you probably would stop reading those after a week or two because you wouldn't feel connected to them. But because my voice is in your earbuds every week, you feel connected because you know me beyond just this person who's giving you business advice. If you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see my kids. You're going to see my house. You're going to see the piles of laundry. You're going to see all the things. And either you're going to connect with that on some level or you're not. But if you're not showing any part of yourself, if everything feels like it's behind this curtain of mystery, of intrigue, that's not gonna get you more followers. If you think about the accounts that you personally enjoy following, do they fit these three categories? I want you to do a little bit of a a social media audit. I want you to go look at the list of people that you are currently following. And I want you to ask yourself, Why am I following this person? Which of these three categories or all of them do they fall into? Is it because I connect with them as a person? Is it because they're offering me value and they're an expert in their field? Is it because it's very clear what problem they can solve for me? Or is it something else? And if it doesn't fit into that, I want you to really evaluate why are you following them? What was that piece? Or when you log into Instagram and you have those highlight bubbles across the top, sorry, the story bubbles across the top, which little faces are you the most excited to click on and see what they're doing in their day? Why are you excited to click on them? These are the questions I want you to start asking yourself because the more you understand your own intentions, the more you understand your own motives behind what you do online, the more you can create a profile, create an account, create a business that others are excited about as well. You're going to be able to create an account where when that little bubble shows up on their story highlights or story feed, they're going to want to click on your face to see what you've posted. So do an audit, really look at why are you following the accounts you're following? Which ones do you consume the most and why? And try to implement some of those things into your own social media strategy. And then go look at your own feed. I want you to see if your social media account is measuring up to the things we talked about. Is your bio really clear? Do you provide value and set yourself up as an expert in your content? And are you connecting with your audience on a personal level? If one of those three pieces is missing, that's what I want you to focus on. If more than one piece is missing, then you need to start coming up with a plan. What can you do so that those three pieces are in line? And when somebody comes to your feed, when the right person, when your ideal client shows up on your feed, they click the follow button so fast because they cannot wait to get to know you better. They cannot wait for you to help them. And they cannot wait to consume the value that you are sharing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business. Send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Business, and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week. Same time, same place.